Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Hey, blues fans. I like to consider myself a friend of the show. This is TSN analyst and former blues netminder Jamie McLennan. And here's Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. Have you lost weight only to gain it right back after returning to your routine? Did your diet work for someone else but not you? Rockin' That ID Life helps you understand your genetic makeup to find a lifestyle that fits your needs. Together, you and RockinThatIDLife.com can focus on your health and meet your goals today. That's RockinThatIDLife.com. Centerize Brewery is a proud sponsor of Let's Go Blues Radio. Visit CenterizeBrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in their awesome tap room. That's Center Ice Brewery located in Midtown St. Louis. Let's go Blues! Get ready to hear some noise tonight! You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio! Let's have a dining brook! Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Ogilvorp? Are we suspended? I I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Season 10, Episode 6 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated, never duplicated, discombobulated, rarely regulated, the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Special thanks to rockinitidlife.com and centericebrewery.com for proudly sponsoring the show. Please check them out. Uh, it's Tuesday, October 19th, and we're broadcasting live on YouTube and Facebook. This is franchise episode number 324 all the time. To, uh, is that right? 324? I think it is. Uh, to interact with the show, we're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just do a search for this, uh, you'll find us. I'm your host, Kurt Price, and joining me tonight is Bill Day. And tonight we are talking some St. Louis Blues hockey. Bill, welcome to the show. Thanks. Happy to be here. Um, too bad Ponder can't be here tonight. Um, he's not here because he's trying to serve Lushnevich's suspension. Um, <laughs> we told him it doesn't work that way, but he just wouldn't listen. So He's a uh, trooper. He's a trooper. <laughs> Such a diehard. <laughs> he's, drive, he's on his way to Toronto right now to talk to the, to the, the war room about it. The player safety department. Yeah. yeah. Uh, George Peros, look out! Here comes Ponder. <laughs> Just drive along his little car as fast as he can. Uh, even though we're only two games into the season, uh, we have a lot to unpack in this show. Um, we'll uh, we'll talk about the uh, season opener against Colorado uh, and the interesting game that was, and then the uh, the game two of the season against Arizona, uh, which was uh, eventful. In a number of ways. So, and along with you, we'll talk about Bushnevich, um, the headbutting incident, uh, his uh, suspension that was handed out today. We'll talk about all that um, on this episode. So, but first, the official beers of episode number 324. 
You can follow us each on the uh, untapped app. Mine is at CPrice12. Jeff's is at JPonder94. And Bill's is BillyBlueNote33. Uh, Bill, do you have a uh, a beverage of choice this show? I, I do. Um, kind of the dark stuff. Uh, it is uh, Perennial's uh, Shake the Frost Session Coffee Stout. Um, I had a I had a really good one lined up for tonight, but uh, given that I'm on about four and a half hours of sleep and about a half hour nap, I figured you know I would be slurring at this point in the show already. <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll save that for next week. Um, just uh, this one's uh, just a, a middle of the road coffee stout um, that uh, yeah it, it's. Uh, not gonna hit you too hard so only five percent AVV, um but it's it's right for the season only five percent um oh yeah mine is the I, you know i have not had this since last season and I don't, it's not a seasonal beer i don't think uh the sam adams cherry wheat mm, yeah. um i i like i mean i didn't i don't have my m&ms with me to, to pair with this but it's it's quite good, and I forgot to roll it before I opened it, and I can see, I can see some of the sediment, some of the wheat or whatever it is right down here, at the down bottom. At the, down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah I got it. I I usually like you know you know turn it over and roll it a little bit to mix it up, and I forgot to right when I opened it. And it always happens with wheat beer. I'm like, open it up. Oh, it's a wheat beer. Shit. <laughs> what's at the bottom? So what's about it's about a two thirds of the way done. I'll kind of have to mix it all up, but. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, First definitely don't try that now. First world problems, for sure. There we go. Uh, yeah, I actually um, just had uh, um, Sam Adams um, Oktoberfest. Out of all the Oktoberfest um, mass market Oktoberfest, there's a really good one. I agree. Um, still, still have one or two of those left, and I got their their pumpkin. Uh, ale, um, it was Jacko something. I don't know. It's pretty, it's, mm-hmm. it's okay as pumpkin beers go. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, yeah. I if do I agree. have a second beer, it, it may be one of those two. I, I, I agree with you. The, the Oktoberfest they have is quite good. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, October 19th, 1972. Bar- Barclay and Bob Plager involved in a fight at the Mainlander restaurant in Clayton over a bowl of soup. <laughs> See, this is the kind of information you do not get on other podcasts, on the Blues podcast. You don't, you don't see this. <laughs> the Plager's if fighting. If Blues history did his own podcast, right. you'd get it. Right, you would, but he does not. So he just uh, that generously allows us to use his material. right right yeah friend a friend of the show actually so so uh, yeah yeah but uh friend of the show and neighbor of the ponder mm-hmm. my neighbor of the ponder <laughs> uh the uh, there's an article there at, at stl blues history if you want to read the entire article it's posted uh he has it shared which is uh pretty cool it's, uh, on twitter so at stl blues history if you want to check that out uh, but it starts off with, for a few minutes around 9 o'clock last night. The, clock, the cocktail lounge of the Mainlander restaurant at 7700 Bonholm, Bonholm Avenue, Clayton, resembled one of those wild melees at the arena when one of the hockey blues, the hockey blues, it's weird how they used to refer to players uh, 
back in the day. One of the hockey blues, like another blues team in town, uh, like yeah. the baseball team. Like it's not the football Cardinals and the baseball Cardinals. Right. It, it, you have to think that's why they said it that way. Like they're so used to saying this, the football Cardinals or the baseball Cardinals. <laughs> the like, hockey blues. Know, the bowling blues. They can't confuse it with the bowling blues or. May, you know, maybe it's the, the the music genre. I don't know if you. Right. I, I, you don't hear that anymore though. Anyway, you don't you don't hear the yeah. hockey blues. Uh, takes exception to a move by an opposing player. The Plague Brothers of the St. Louis Blues, uh, known for their fighting as much as their skating, were among the principals, police said. Uh, uh, also allegedly involved was a bartender, Alfredo Castillo. <laughs> uh, Clayton police put a stop to the incident, but they're not really sure what happened. That's a good article. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, there was a fight over some over a bowl of soup. So one one thing is agreed upon: the fracas started over the spilling of a bowl of soup. Police were told that the Plager brothers were drinking at the bar. They and a woman employee were passing soup back and forth on the bar when some soup spilled on Bobby Plager. He got into an argument with Castillo. Uh, police were uncertain what happened next. <laughs> no exchange of blows though, but Plager was cut by glass and treated at the St. Louis County Hospital. Uh, Castillo and Barkley Plager apparently were uninjured. <laughs> uh, so there you go. And there's more uh, if you want to read the rest of it. So that's. <laughs> and, if, and if you enjoy reading that, you definitely have to read the Plager book. Just oh, yeah. Tales from the Bench. Full of tales like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just such a character. Federico's book, too. Yeah. Yeah. Federico's book. Um, let's see. And October 19th, 1989, Bernie Federico made his first return to St. Louis as a member of the Detroit Red Wings. So that was, that was uh, a nice little segue you did there. Yeah. Um, from, yeah, from blues history to blues history. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I love, I love re, uh, revisiting the Federico to Detroit trade. Because, uh, damn it, if we couldn't beat Detroit on the ice um, in their heyday uh, in the 90s and early 2000s, uh, then I think uh, at least we could we can look back on this trade fondly, uh, getting a player like Oates for Federico, even if it was just Oates for a few years. So, uh, And uh, before we get into the uh, games versus Colorado and Arizona, uh, we'll uh, check in with our friends at ID Life. It's safe to say that the burn box from rockinthatidlife.com provides you with the sugar-bustingest, muscle-buildingest, mood-enhancingest, focus-inducingest, energy-boostingest, experience. You not only get the excellent product, but you get recipes, menu options, a tracker, and program guide to assist you along your self-betterment journey. Based on your goals, you can double up on Slim Plus or Energy, or you can get one of each. With flavors such as mixed berry, tropical fruit, and orange, the burn box lets you enjoy the weight loss or muscle gain journey along the way. Become a VIP with rockinthatidlife.com and place your burn box on subscription and you'll save 20%. And as always, text the roughest, toughest He-Man stuffers Tom Bray has ever crossed the Rio Grande. And our friend Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you to receive an additional 10% off your order. And all of you skunks clear out of here. And go over to rockinthatidlife.com. It's been, uh, it's, I, I have been so busy with work, with uh, so- coaching soccer, 
um, and everything else. Uh, it's been a mess. So we had a, we had a soccer game tonight uh, that I our, our last regular season game, and then playoffs are Thursday. So uh, we hope all day. I mean, well, if we there, there's two possible playoff games on Thursday, we win best of you know top four, make the playoffs. If we win the first round, we play again uh, an hour and a half later, and that's it. So uh, I'll I mean I love coaching soccer, but I'll be happy when that comes to an end because then I'll have some more free time to do some stuff because every, I mean, weeks have been crazy. And then doing the show too, every week um, on Wednesdays, we're trying to do it on Wednesdays. So, and but trying, trying to squeeze it in on a Tuesday or Thursday when there's a blues game on a Wednesday, which is what it is this week. It's just crazy. Yeah. Early season schedule, not cooperating so much. For no, there's, there's a, there's two or three Wednesday games fairly early in the season. So we'll have to jump through some hoops, but uh my Tuesdays and Thursdays should be a little better after uh, this Thursday. Anyway, uh, game number one, the season opener versus Colorado. Uh, Jake Neighbor has got the uh, start in the fourth line for the Blues. Uh, his first NHL start to uh, play with Bozak and Neal. Um, Perron was a game-time decision with a lower body issue, but uh, he was in the lineup at, at puck drop. Colorado was pretty shorthanded uh, during this game. Uh, and, I, you know, whatever. I, you know, Okay, so due to cap issues, uh, cap – COVID injury and suspension issues. Uh, they only dressed 11 forwards and 17 skaters total. They were without McKinnon, who was uh, out with um, due to COVID protocol. Jack Johnson, uh, COVID protocol. Uh, Nachushkin, upper body. Uh, Devin Tays uh, and Pavel Francouz. How do you pronounce that? Francouz? Francouz. Every time I see it, I, I think, is it Francouz or Francouz? Anyway, uh, both on IR, and Landis Gog was serving the first of a two-game suspension for boarding Blackhawk center uh, Kirby Doc in their opener. Um, Which you may have heard here first. Yeah, right, as it happened. <laughs> as it happened, we uh, right. we were uh, doing our show. And, uh, yeah, definitely saw that that was going to be a suspension, and uh, deservedly so. So, but, yeah, it, you know, Nice, nice to start off against Colorado without you know a lot of their big guns. That yeah, definitely helped. Yeah, I, we and we only played them three times. So right. so at the first time we played them, they're without a substantial chunk of their lineup. Uh, was two thirds of their top line. Yeah, was nice, and and um and you know I mean they had some serious COVID protocol issues last season too, um, and. I'm not sure what's in the Gatorade in in Colorado, but uh, they need to, I don't know. Apparently, they need to wash the bottles out better or something. I don't know. Uh, that's apparently a problem. But I they get no sympathy from me because you know we were without our leading goal scorer in the playoffs last year against them due to due to COVID protocol. Um, mm-hmm. One of the best power play as in the NHL and David Perron. Uh, plus they took out Falk in game two, right? Two game two. Yeah. Uh, Katri, who, yeah. Right. Was our, yep. Was our best defenseman last year. So, I mean, they took out two of our top guys. Oh, well, our, okay. They didn't, two of our top guys were out for one was out for the entire series and one was out for, uh, most of it. So, uh, no, so, right. I mean, no, no sympathy for me. I, you know, injuries happen, whatever. Um, I'm not. We, we've had to deal with that against them last year and, and it killed and it hurt us. So right. whatever. And, and who happened to score for the blues in this game? Oh, that'd be uh, Justin Falk, who I think it was uh, who Kadri uh, knocked out. 
Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. David Perron. Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah. So they were they were itching. So had you know they've been in lineup last playoffs and they both scored and yeah, we who knows? might have eked out one win. We I might have know. won a game or two. I don't know. I mean, who knows? If you win one or two, and then you never know what can happen. But um, I mean, anytime you miss a key guy, like like last year, we 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 were missing a, a Pareko, a healthy Pareko for almost mm-hmm. the entire season, and he was our number one guy, supposed to be the number one defenseman. Um, Fox stepped up and played admirably well, but uh, without Pareko, Jesus, I mean, that's you know, right. it, it sucks. So, um, but speaking of uh, Kadri. Shen fought Kadri 40 seconds into this game as payback for his dirty hit on Falk, which we just talked about. Uh, which, yeah, which did help the Blues sweep, uh, help the uh, Avs sweep the Blues. Um, Kadri was suspended for what ended up being the remainder of the playoffs for them as they were bounced in the next round. But, uh, you know, gotta love Shen. I, I hadn't really put a whole lot of thought into this, uh, into the, the Falk hit coming into this game. But then as soon as Shen dropped him with uh, Kadri, I'm like, ah, good. Good. Right. That's uh, yeah. obvious payback. Obvious payback. Gotta love those beauty veterans that have long memories. Yep. Make rivalries, you know, all the better. That's uh, awesome to see. And then, uh, you know, awesome later to see Shen score mm-hmm. and have <laughs> apparently dislocated figure while doing it. Well, it was uh, apparently it was just a cramp, a bad cramp. Because ah. you can get the, I mean, you ever had a, you ever had a cramp in oh, you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Get them all the time. Oh, well, I, I haven't had them all the time, but uh, one time I had one during a game and it was, uh, uh, my thumb had uh, locked up and it was like against my palm like that. And I couldn't, mm-hmm. I, with one, I just, I couldn't pull my thumb away from the, the palm of my hand. I had to reach with my other hand and pull it out. I mean, it was, and it was really, I mean, when your muscles cramp up, I think you kind of realize how strong your muscles can be. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Holy hell, I can't pry my finger away. And so, I mean, get a treatment for it, but apparently a lot of the blues were cramping up uh, in this game a little bit uh, early somewhere. Uh, could have been, you know, the altitude could have been a number of things could have been, but even though they went on their trip, you know, before the, uh, before the season started right. up to Vail, uh, to help with that. Part of that was to, you know, a, 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 a not accumulate, uh, acclimate, acclimate. <laughs> to, <laughs> to accumulate uh, to the area. I'm supposed to be beneficial, but apparently not to Shen's thumb or finger. It looked to be his uh, ring finger or his middle finger. One of the two were like, like it's kind of yeah. weird. I, it looked dislocated. Uh, and that's yeah. what the speculation was from the broadcast team too. Right. The look on Bushnevich's face <laughs> when he showed it to him was pretty priceless. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was uh, Barbashev, maybe, or I don't know who was out there at the time. But uh, when it was to celebrate, uh, he had his he pulled his hand out of his glove and he showed him how his finger was kind of bent funny. And uh, I don't know if if the Blues player who did this thought it was he went to grab it, <laughs> and Shen's like, no. <laughs> so yeah, goofy. Uh, I said, you know, I said a few seasons ago when people were predicting that Shen was going to get traded. Uh, uh, the the uh, I think it was your Stasny got traded, uh, was it not? When uh, the Blues uh, lost last game of the season to Colorado mm-hmm. um, uh, to to miss the playoffs, and that was the year that uh, people were saying that Wanton Shen traded at the deadline, thinking he wasn't going to be signed, uh, and you know, get something for him, all this stuff. 
And uh, I was like, man, no, I, I mean, I want to, I want them to try and keep Shen. I'd like to see Shen, Shen stick around for a while. And I, and I'm so glad he did. I, I, I love Shen as a player. I mean, if, it, if O'Reilly wasn't here, he'd, he'd be a great choice for captain, but uh, uh, you know, I, and, and his, you can, you can make a point that his contract is probably too long uh, that he signed, you know, but whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll worry about the last couple of years of that contract when they happen, but uh, not concerned at all about it now, but uh, it is what it is. Um, but that's a long ways away. I'm not gonna worry about it now. So uh, anyway, uh, Blues jump out to a uh, three to nothing lead in this game on goals by Falk, the aforementioned Falk, uh, and or aforementioned Shen and Braun as well. Uh, and uh, Shen uh, beat uh, the defenseman. He beat was uh, Curtis McDermott, who was scratched in their opener uh, versus Chicago, uh, but he but dressed to replace Johnson in this game. Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Not, not uh, Eric, but so uh, that was, that was a nice, a nice thing that, you know, Shen's coming in on him. Who was, uh, who would be playing otherwise. Uh, but, uh, and then for a while, like we talked about, we thought Shen had a dislocated finger, but uh, learned it was a, it was a hand cramp apparently. Or so it was said after the fact, like, I think I heard that today or yesterday. I think Panger talked about it, that it was actually a cramp. Yeah. Yeah. During the game yesterday. Yep. yep. Um, so, uh, Burakovsky got the Avs on the board with uh, six minutes to go in the second period uh, to cut the lead three to one. Then Perron scored his second of the game, made it four to one, uh, six fifty one into the third, and that looked like it was going to do it. You know, four to one lead after the Avs made it three to one. You come back, make it four to one. You're like, okay, good. They answered the goal, perfect, right? Uh, uh, then. Uh, Tyson Jost and uh, JT Comfer scored at 14:36 and 16:18, uh, pretty close together. What a minute and a half apart, something like that. Uh, both with the goalie yeah. pulled for the extra attacker, yeah. uh, and it looked like Jost had tied the game for the tied Abs. The game, right? Yeah, with under three minutes left, with the goalie pulled again. Um, I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, you be you be fucking kidding me. Uh, but replay showed it was kicked in and then i didn't they didn't give a good look at this at this kick in until like the fourth replay right the overhead and the and the angle from uh the left from the near boards wasn't giving you the look that you needed uh you needed to look from the far boards or i know from behind the goal actually i think it was right so or in the goal one of the two but uh, then you could see his his back foot his right skate uh slid forward and kicked sure yeah yeah, it's swept it in basically um which, which, and the goal um, in the NHL season opener uh, between Vegas and Seattle, where Vegas scored, uh, right? The the game winner. Yeah, yeah. This goal was not to me as much as a kicking motion as that thing was. Yeah, but I mean, no, but even, this thing was obviously a kick. Close. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand right. that game's goal that they allowed. They reviewed it. They said it stood. I'm like, what? No one understood that. No one. Uh, yeah. That was one of the worst calls I actually I think I've ever seen. I mean, top top ten worst calls I think I've ever seen as far as like the implications that they had had in the game too. You know, it decided the game, and it was it was a nationwide game. You know, Seattle's first first game as a franchise, and they were screwed out of an opportunity to uh, to get a, at least a point. Uh, so anyway, yeah, yeah. 
it's a nice way to send an early message that hey you're not our darlings vegas still is yeah i i don't yeah i i just it doesn't make any sense to me that 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 and then okay so and you know the league talked about and it's in the it's 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 talked about at uh, scoutingtherefs.com which is a fantastic site if you haven't been there check it out uh but uh but they have the, the essentially the rule book there and they break down rules uh commonly uh discussed rules to uh basically interpret rules it's, it's fantastic um but uh they, they they talked about the way the nhl redefined uh a goal going in off a skate or being kicked in that it has to be a distinct kicking motion and when they redefined that um they, they that was an attempt to allow more goals to go in off the skates and you know the broadcast the, the broadcast crew of the, the seattle and vegas game i thought did a terrible job of, of breaking that down but um but i thought knowing that about the rule that they wanted to allow more goals off of skates just not to be blatantly kicked in i thought even when i saw the replay that uh the good view of this goal being kicked in i'm thinking i don't know i mean i don't know anymore because in any review now it's like who knows because I mean, because I was thinking about that that goal that was allowed in the Seattle Vegas game, it was like that's the the first thing I thought of. I'm like that goal wasn't kicked in as I mean those goals kicked in more than this one was, and they allowed that one. So I'm like I don't know. I mean it shouldn't be based on the rule book, but who knows? Um, and then they just allowed it. And I was like wow. <laughs> I was like oh that's I mean it's the right call, but it sucks when it's a coin flip. And it, and but on first review, you're like it shouldn't be a goal because it's obviously kicked in, but in reality, you're thinking you have no idea. It does. It's it's odd. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just hoping that that this year there is a little more sanity to uh, to replays and to get that initial game ended like that um, didn't give me a lot of hope. Um, so we'll, we'll yeah. hope they trend in the right direction. And in fact, you know, I was totally expecting the Joe goal to be ruled a goal, um, because of that. And, yeah. and uh, pleasantly surprised that, uh, that they got it right. Um, mm. you know, I, I guess, uh, um, it wasn't as late a start, uh, you know, the war room might still have been <laughs> Yeah. They didn't, they didn't have an overnight crew there. Right. Yeah, if cause if you've been to fast food places where the overnight crew is there, you know you're getting the you know the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if it's the same, um, but I and I, I saw very little um, upset Avalanche fans uh, over that that call. They were like, "Yeah, it was it was kicked in." I mean, it was it looked kicked in. So, uh, yeah. and then O'Reilly did ice the game with an empty netter. And they lose five to three win. I was actually really hoping that. Remember McKinnon's uh, empty net goal, one of his many uh, against us in the playoffs last year. Uh, it was, I think, it was the third or fourth game uh, where he skated in and just ripped a wrister as hard as he could into the open net from like six feet out, yeah. like like yeah. halfway up the net, like to just bury the the empty netter. And I saw when I saw that, I was like, well, that's kind of a that that's not very nice. <laughs> yeah, and, I didn't like it. You know, I, think I didn't like it. The announcers, yeah, the announcers were were all well. Nathan McKinnon doesn't do anything half-assed. He does everything at top speed. <laughs> Whatever. I, you know, I, I and I and I commented after that goal, 
uh, that uh, last year that, I mean, he bears down on his stick and he lets a whip wrister go. I'm like, what if he breaks his shaft on that, on that shot? Right. Then... <laughs> Right, then, you're you're close to becoming Patrick Stefan Redux. Right, right, and you get chewed out by uh by um uh, Ray Ferraro. Ray Ferraro, <laughs> yeah, as the most the most well, I forgot what he called it. He and yeah. I, I have I have I have kind of been critical of Ray Ferraro for that because he I mean the puck friend of the on show him. Ray friend, Ferraro friend of the show Ray Ferraro good guy, but uh, he was harsh. He was harsh yeah, on yeah. him because the puck hopped on the ice, and he was—he wasn't trying to be fancy. He was just trying to just—I yeah. don't know. I don't know. It's that's that's pretty harsh. Yeah, I think I think that was you know he should a be embarrassed, right? A former teammate letting it get out there a little too much, right? Pro- probably, you're probably right. <laughs> um, but I was hoping O'Reilly would, um, you know, to just snap it in as hard as he could from uh, from in close. Uh, yeah. that's, the, that's what I thought of when he was going in. I really did. But I thought, oh, he's going to do it. Or he's going to do it. Sammy Blay and wind up for a slapper on the breakaway. <laughs> he had a guy hounding him, though, from behind fairly close. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he did and, the right thing. And O'Reilly is not. It. Yeah. And O'Reilly's not that kind of guy. He's not, he's not going to try and show anybody up. So, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and okay. So after this game, um, yeah, there was mixed emotions online. So the blues went into Colorado, they beat Colorado. Yeah. They were shorthanded. Uh, they were missing, uh, some significant guys. Um, but, and, and they, and they allowed Colorado to come back and damn near tie the game, uh, in a game that they had a four to one lead in, in the third period. But, uh, so a lot of fans are upset at the blues almost blown the lead and rightfully so, you don't, you're not happy about blowing the lead like that. But uh, man, some people were like, uh, "It feels like a loss." Um, mm-hmm. I and uh, I'd, I'd rather th- and in the, while they're in the process of losing their lead, <laughs> you know, people were saying that's uh, uh, I'd, I'd, I I want to see them lose now just to teach them a lesson. And I'm like, okay. So he, here's here's my take on on that. I'm like, I don't I don't care how they won. I, I don't care if they had won eight to nothing. If they were up eight to nothing and lost and won eight to seven, allowing three or four goals in the final minute and a half uh, to hold on, I don't care. Colorado hadn't lost at home in eighteen straight games. You go into Colorado, and, and not in regulation. Sorry, they lost in overtime one. There was seventeen zero and one, and so I don't care how you win. It doesn't matter. Uh, you got two points in regulation, so they didn't get any. Uh, against a division rival, a team that's picked to win the cup by almost everybody, uh, and you you come out of there with two points in regulation. In what, for the most part, was a was a pretty damn good played game by them, you know. Um, and I and again, I, I mean, yeah, Colorado was significantly shorthanded. I understand that, but again, I don't care. <laughs> I don't right. care. No, you you can't root against your team to lose because they had a bad stretch at not in the season opener. Right. You yeah. know, if, if they're mired in the middle of a slump and you know, that play is continuation of the slump play that got them there. Yeah. I'd say at that point, you, maybe those comments are more appropriate, but season opener against the team actually out of the playoffs, no matter what the circumstances are, you come away with points of debate. That's huge. Yeah. And that's the way I, I, I felt very good about the game after they lost. I mean, yeah, they, they allowed Colorado to come back, but I mean, but they won, 
they won the game <laughs> in regulation. You know, they didn't like collapse and allow and, and allow the Avalanche to get a point. That didn't happen. You know, they did hold on. I mean, the goal was kicked in. It didn't count. So you can't even you can't even say that they Colorado tied it. They they didn't tie it. They didn't count. They kicked it in. So, I mean, so and like and if if it becomes a trend. You know, as the season goes on, I mean, last season we had some issues with this too. So yes, I mean, this kind of thing, you 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 uh, enjoy the victory, but you address the matter after the fact. You're like, hey, great win, but look, you know, this is what happened late. So uh, it didn't happen again, even though it it did happen again, kind of against Arizona, <laughs> the very next game. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. Um... It, who I think it was Kyle Foxton, um, who is is uh, in the same boat with me as far as uh, not being a hitch lover, said uh, you had a very sarcastic tweet about you know wait, you're telling me a St. Louis team associated with Ken Hitchcock went into a defensive shell and almost lost something but, to that effect. But it's, you know what this this has been addressed by Baruby, okay. Uh, last season, and right. he 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 has said that the game plan is not to go into a to shell. go back in a shell. It's right. not it, it, the game plan is not to do that. It's just it's just a um, it's kind of um, an ingrained. Reaction. It's ingrained in you as a player to bar the door and protect the lead. Yeah, I think that's just in your head. You don't want to take chances. You don't want to get caught up position. Uh, you want to play it safe. And I think that and you're you're changing the style of game that you're playing that has gotten you to the point in the game that you're at. And I think that is detrimental sometimes to a team that they change the style and all of a sudden it's not working as well as your your previous methods were and it and the other team can get a goal and get some momentum and maybe get back into it. So um, but I think you know the people that do like to to criticize the, the coaching for like a a collapse you know at least brube has said whether he's being truthful or not you know that's remains to be seen but he did say that that is not the game plan we don't coach that it's just things that players do and it's and all teams do it it happens to a lot of teams where they just uh you know players come back they they, they go into a shell and uh they try to hold on to a lead and they you know, a team comes back. They they say the most dangerous lead in hockey is a two goal lead. They say that for a reason because teams come back. That's what happens sometimes. No. Well, f- for the Blues in the Colorado game, it was almost three goal lead. Right, which is right. Dangerous, but right. thank God it was a three goal lead. I know, um, right? But but yeah, to, to cap off your point about Barube, he obviously was completely uh, like lost his shit on the bench after that. Uh, you know the disastrous. Start to the third last night, yep. giving up those goals. I mean, and yep. Good. that isn't part of the game plan. And uh, right, yeah, you know, you know, love love seeing that, and hopefully that'll be the the gift um, for for Baruby instead of Ken Hitchcock's "fuck me." It'll be <laughs> Baruby's "let's fucking go." You know what? Is, yeah, right. And th- there's something to be said too for a player getting chewed out on the ice during a timeout as opposed to getting chewed out in the locker room in between periods after a game or during practice when there's there's no there's no press and there's no eyes on everybody you know you don't have 18,000 eyes on you in the in the arena along with television cameras and everything too it's so getting chewed out 
in the heat of the moment by your coach uh, should, you know, uh, have a, a more profound impact than uh, otherwise you would think. Um, but uh, before we get into the uh, second game of the season versus Arizona, where uh, they, uh, where we will discuss Brewery chewing out his team, uh, our friends at Center Ice Brewery have a message for us. Center Ice Brewery is St. Louis's only hockey-themed brew house. Stop on in during the next game to experience the ultimate hockey fan brewery while sampling various hockey-inspired beers, such as Old Arena Lager, the Beauty IPA, the Rotating Pale Ale Series, or seasonal offerings such as their Imperial Stout, their Lime Sherbet Sour, and much more. While you're there enjoying any number of their fantastic beverages, you can admire the bar top and tables made of authentic arena wood and the actual penalty box door from the old barn. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game, or any game. Visit centereyesbrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or make a reservation in the tap room. Center Ice Brewery, let's go Blues. Please drink responsibly. We got a few uh, comments in the YouTube chat. Um, Bill, do you have Facebook up? I do not. Okay. I, I don't know I, if there's any, I, I'm not yeah, sure there's anybody I, I in there. Can but... never, I can never figure out. I, I'm, <laughs> you can't figure out the Facebook? I, I, well, I spent, <laughs> I spent um, probably 45 minutes just, you know, scrolling through Facebook last night, and that is probably the most I've been on Facebook combined in two years. Just – I, I don't spend time there, so I could never figure out how to get to our show in the comments. In Facebook, so. <laughs> it's mm. it's just Facebook. Uh, you search for Let's Go Blues Radio, and uh, after the show starts, the video is streaming there on the uh, yeah. on our main page. So, yeah. uh, but uh, uh, Brian Ruggleman says it's weed. I'm not sure what that's a reference to. I, yeah, I missed. I yeah. missed that. <laughs> I was. I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out even when he first posted it. <laughs> Maybe he's on some right now, and that's the reason. Yeah. Uh, Rodney Hale says tomorrow is going to be tough without a without Booch. Oh, and the Avs are garbage. I. You know, their fans would probably say they played like garbage. Uh, the first part of that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm sure we'll we'll do a bit of a preview about tomorrow. Um, against Vegas, but uh, Vegas also doesn't have Pacioretty and they won't have Stone. So what a shame! Um, what a shame! Yeah, oh. yeah. Can't wait for Bozak to finally take his revenge. <sighs> will he ever? I mean, Bozak's not that yeah. kind of guy. I mean, no, he won't. Maybe this will be the Braden Shen revenge your teammates tour, like David Bathgas fighting all the Canadian captains <laughs> back in. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's the social year. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, oh, and I guess um, in the first game of the season last season, we kind of whooped up on the Avs a bit uh, in that mm. game. And unfortunately, we played them the very next game in a home-and-a-home, and they smoked and us. Got curb stomped. Bad, yeah. So it's nice to have the – uh, regular schedule back in play to play him once and GTF out of town. <laughs> yep. Take the uh, win. Except for LA next week. That That's odd. Uh, yeah. And Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Darren Grice says, uh, why didn't uh, Kraus, I guess I meant to say Kraus, get suspended for cross-checking 
someone in the face, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute here. Uh, so game two versus Arizona. Uh, Costin sat out the first game, but he is penciled in in this game uh, in place of Neil, James Neal, who is sitting. Uh, who, I mean, I you know, in, in the first game, I thought Neil looked all right. I didn't, I mean, I think it was a minus one, but I didn't really have any issues with the way Neil played um, necessarily. Um, but uh, Costin's in regardless, uh, and Arizona scored first in this game. Uh, uh, Clayton Keller, again, against the Blues on the power play in the first period. Uh, dude scores against us every single time we play them. Uh, Local boy does good. I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, good for him and everything, but, uh, and good for him with his contract, by the way. He's, his, his contract is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> A little yeah. much for him. Isn't it like seven million yeah, per? But, yeah. Sure. Phoenix needs, Phoenix needs to get to the floor. And, uh, uh, it's if, good. if you could eat up a big chug, him and Chickering probably are like 30% of their entire cap. I haven't looked at it, but it's good work if you can get it. I guess to man, yeah. Make your make your money there in Arizona, and then when you want to win, you know, sign for a reduced rate somewhere else because <laughs> you've already got your bank, right? Uh, is uh, yeah. first goal as a blue ties the game up uh, less than two minutes later. A uh, beautiful saucer set up from Cairo on a two-on-one. Thought he was going to shoot. Uh, for sure, yeah. Kyra on this. Yeah, and uh, so did uh, who was a Labushkin or who, whoever the, the defender was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, looked looked bad. Yeah, he he didn't he didn't take the pass or the shooter, so it was kind of yeah. like, yeah, uh, and the saucer was able to just go over his stick and right to Bishnevich and who buried the thing. Um, and then came. The uh, Bushnevich's headbutt on Kraus, which uh, Darren Grice asked about in YouTube chat. This came after Kraus cross-checked Bushnevich twice uh, up high. The second one of which, now the camera angle is from kind of behind, but it looks like it gets him in the neck or in the side of the head. Uh, Bushnevich, uh, who is a repeat offender, who was suspended for cross-checking uh, last season or, or, or uh, earlier this year, uh, who is a uh, had a phone hearing with the Department of Player Safety uh, today and was suspended for two games. So missed the game versus Vegas on Wednesday night, which pisses me off because uh, that's that's a good, solid test of the season, even though we talked about, you know, Pacioretty being out um, and missing a, missing a couple guys. But still, whatever. Uh, a good team. Uh, you want to you want to play well against them and put your best foot forward, and not having a, a key guy is gonna you know that kind of sucks. But it is what it is. Um, and he missed also the home opener versus LA on Saturday. He'll forfeit one hundred forty one thousand four hundred sixty three dollars and forty two cents in salary, and that'll go towards the Players Emergency Assistance Fund. Man, one hundred forty one grand for playing two hockey games. Probably what I don't know thirty six minutes of ice time, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Holy <clears throat> we we didn't try hard enough. Is Woo! what our was. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, man. Shoot. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. They weren't making enough back then to motivate us to to work harder, right? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. The 150 exactly. grand a year that, that made was not good enough. Yeah, all that time we spent at the rink, and you know, thinking that we had to keep paying for it. 
just a little bit more effort. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure could, that, yes. That's all it would have taken was a little Sorry. bit more effort. That's all. Just a little <laughs> yeah. bit more. Right. Just a little uh, bit. Uh, yeah, instead Says of screwing around and hockey fan ever. <laughs> right. Uh, no hearing for Kraus on the play, which has kind of outraged a lot of people, and I, rightfully so. I don't. I mean, if you watch the entire sequence here, the whole reason the headbutt happens, which granted is was stupid, it was a dumb thing to do. You don't do that, right? Um, and and right, he's rightfully suspended for it, right? But Kraus should also have had at least a hearing, right? He, he got a yeah. That's the, that's the frustrating thing. You know, I get I get on the ice when somebody you you get the guy that retaliates, but when it comes to dangerous plays like cross checking people in the neck or face, yep. that you don't let the the initiator get away with it just because the second guy did something stupid. You can suspend them both. And he went after Bushnevich. He right. didn't Bushnevich didn't seek Kraus out. And they right. said he that he was the aggressor and Bushnevich you know, reacted and it's just they tried to play it off like uh kraus was reacting to something bushnevich did over by the bench and they showed the replay i'm like he didn't do anything he skated he skated between two players and he may have uh clipped somebody trying to go by but there was nothing there i, I didn't see anything there uh unless i'm looking at the wrong thing uh but then he went over to, to bushnevich uh, a little bit later and then after the whistle and just cross check cross check and the second one one was up high like in the shoulders the other one like got in the neck or the head and i was like what the hell and then i, I don't i don't see because the 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 headbutt comes from somewhere and uh when we taught you he was rightfully suspended for that but you how do you not i mean kraus got us a penalty for cross checking at in that that play that sequence i believe and so why not review that it's a i don't get it it's making sense to me hmm. yeah uh, sorry, I'm I'm uh, perusing Twitter, and uh, there's I did not watch the Wild and Jets game, but apparently it was an an amazing overtime, uh, capped off by a Joel Erickson hat trick game winner. Uh, hmm. But there's a fight between um, Brendan Dillon and Marcus Felino, and <laughs> Felino jumps and punches like leaves both feet and punches and, uh, wow whoever, they said uh marcus felino just superman punched brendan dillon it's pretty incre incredible I, I don't think i've ever seen that in a hockey game <laughs> um you didn't see you didn't see me get punched and get knocked the fuck out um <laughs> when i was on no, the bench that time no i, no, I, I did I, not i do believe it was kind of that same kind of thing he, superman jumped over the boards and uh, punched me in the face <laughs> mm. So no, I, I missed all I, those games. I didn't see it, but I, I hear that's what happened. I'll retweet that in case anybody <laughs> wants to catch it. So the uh, speaking not, of that not game, you getting punched, but right, I, I, I assumed. Um, so speaking of the uh, Wild and Jets, the Jets are now 0-2 and one, right? And the uh, the Blackhawks also uh, play the night. They play the Islanders. They got you know beat four to one uh, by the mm -hmm. Islanders, um, and they're 0-3 and one. So right. all, all these, uh, these, the, the preseason hype, I mean, it's early, it's really early in the season, four games in for some teams, right. but, but that ridiculous preseason talk that we discussed last season, uh, preseason hype for the Hawks about how a lot of people are picking them to make the playoffs and finish out of the blues, um, mm -hmm. and the blues to miss the playoffs. I mean, yes, yeah. we are really early in the season, not trying to say right. that this is how it's going to play out, but, um, and yeah. 
it's it's, it's now all funny the right talk now. is Jeremy Callaton's going to be the first coach fired. So <laughs> they've Dmitry Filipovic uh, tweeted earlier that um, the Hawks have played 242 minutes of hockey and trailed 193 of those minutes. Yeah, and the Canadians, you know, I. I I will say that uh, I, I have not attempted to watch um, a Canadians game yet this year. I did have the first game on while I was working in the other room, um, but um, I'm still pissed about the uh, off season they had. Um, they are just as bad. Um, I think they're they're apart from them leading in that, that first game uh, for about ten minutes. They've trail the rest of the way there are there are some objectively poor hockey teams in the nhl right now mm-hmm. well chicago's in currently in last place of central uh minnesota beating winnipeg has uh moved them to three and all like i mentioned and uh above st louis now because st louis has only played two games so no uh they have six points compared to two uh st louis uh does have the better goal differential at plus five best goal differential in the central division um, so say what you will about uh, blowing the leads and um, uh, and whatnot, but in just in two games they have a plus five. So right, and that plus five came in one period against the Arizona <laughs> Coyotes last night. Right, yeah, I get it. And uh, so and, and which it's a nice little segue into um, uh, well while we're while we're still on the tails of the uh, the cross check and the suspension and the headbutt. Um, two days ago, Calgary's uh, Rasmus Anderson was fined $5,000, which is the most he could have been fined under the CBA for roughing Edmonton's uh, Yamamoto. So a lot of people were calling this a headbutt. Um, have you seen the replay of that, Bill? Have you seen the play of this? I did not. I it, did not it's it. kind of hard to tell. It looks like there might have been an attempt at, attempt at one there, and he may have got him with one. It's hard to tell uh, on the camera angle that I saw. Uh, but uh, and I got a link there for you if you want to check it, take a look. But it's um, he got five thousand dollars. I don't believe he was a uh, had a pro- he was a previous uh, offender, so that's part of the reason probably why he was fined five grand. Uh, also, he may not have actually um, headbutted him. Yeah, it was. I think he got him for roughing. Yeah, for, yeah, they said for roughing Edmonton's Yamamoto. So he didn't. They determined he didn't even headbutt the guy but that's been the thing on social media where you know they're comparing uh bushnevich's uh headbutt to uh uh uh, anderson's uh headbutt which may not have been a headbutt so um kraus after that uh, put the coyotes up two to one of course right it's kraus who probably shouldn't have been in the game at that point uh and uh yeah, he he shouldn't have been there, and um, Marcos Candela wasn't. Um, he was playing the role of turnstile. I'm <laughs> not sure what he was doing with his positioning on that. You know, just not cutting off that pass coming out. It looked like he got turned around the wrong way, but not not a good look. Um, giving up that slot that easy. Uh, then the fun started for the Blues. Uh, five quick goals in the second period. With the Blues trailing two to one midway through the second, uh, they started to pour it on um, for about five minutes. And the Santa five oh seven, the Blues had goals from Falk, which came on the power play, Cairo, Costin, Costin again, and Cairo again. Um, 
and uh Kairou's uh was a second goal right the highlight reel goal the one where he danced yeah i'm, yeah. I'm watching it right now oh. yeah, dance goss to spare oh and, yeah just nasty um those five goals uh occurred in 507 of the third fastest five goals in franchise history uh the quickest five goals in franchise history was in uh three seconds faster five minutes four seconds on january 31st 1995 versus anaheim and the second fastest was 505 on december 26th 1985 versus chicago when they still played the hawks uh one day after christmas remember those times those days the hawks the day after christmas right we didn't call it that but the boxing day match up against the hawks (laughs) yeah that i mean I uh, I wish they would go back to that, and I remember yeah. I remember the year that it didn't happen. I was like, oh, because as a kid, you, I, at the time you're you're off school, you know, it's Christmas break, and your Christmas is all amazing, and you're like, tomorrow's booze and hawks, <laughs> tomorrow's booze and hawks. So it's like you get to enjoy all your all your gifts as a kid, and you get to hang out, and usually new hockey gear, whatever, you know, you're wearing it while you watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was which was common i mean okay bill be honest how many times watching a hockey game on tv did you put your equipment on and you're just like screwing with stuff I oh, did a, all, all the all, time all the time i'd, I'd work all on my skates i'd work on my gloves or my, i'd tape my stick or i just i would just have my stick in my hands with my gloves just like fiddling with a puck or just while watching yeah. the game that was i did that was just what yeah. i did Usually, usually it was my my glove, my my trapper, uh, trying to work to make sure I get the the right uh, <clears throat> the right pocket going on. Um, you know, either yeah. uh, put a softball or a baseball in there, and, <laughs> you know, just uh, yeah, mess around with it, and yeah, and then realize that smells really really bad. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You put the gloves on, and it's like bad. I, I think I said before on the show that my last pair of gloves, I have made a, a, a really consistent effort uh, after I play to air them out, you know, uh, uh, spray them with Febreze, stick the dryer sheets in them <laughs> and, and let them air out. They don't stay in the bag. And I'll be damned. Those gloves, I mean, I've had them for a while. They're, they're, they're borderline pleasant on the smell. That's, mm. it's, it's, it's unusual. So. Anyway, uh, the two goals by uh, Costin were uh, 47 seconds apart is the fastest two goals by a Blues player since Keith Kachuk, uh, who scored two goals 33 seconds apart on November 1st, 2001 versus Carolina. Uh, Jordan Cairo is the fourth St. Louis Blues player with six points in the first two games of a season. The others are Adam Creighton, which is odd, uh, 1995, uh, Kevin Miller, 94, and then Shanahan, 94. So the high-flying days of the uh, mid-90s. Uh, the Blues have three representatives for six points in the first two games of the season. Uh, Creighton, Miller, and Shanahan. hate that Adam Creighton's on that list. I know, me too. It's kind of like, ah. You, you want to you wanna say, hey, Cairo's uh, in great company there with uh, Shanahan. And, okay, Miller. You know, he was all right. Uh, but then uh, Creighton? <laughs> yeah. What? Mm. Keenan's first signing. Ugh. Like a, a big guy that didn't play big and just yeah, lanky and awkward, and weird, slow, yeah. Yeah, slow. Didn't really do a whole, didn't really do anything well. It's just okay everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so Arizona trailed uh, six to two heading into the third. They scored a couple of goals in the first eight minutes, 
uh, by Christian Fisher and Travis Boyd to make uh, make it a game for a few minutes. Uh, this is when Barube called the timeout and rightfully chewed the team out on the bench. Uh, and Arizona was, uh, you know, they were coming to the Blues in waves. Uh, the Blues weren't pressing. They were sloppy for a little bit. Uh, their puck management wasn't good. They were getting the puck. Uh, they weren't getting the puck deep. They I, No pressure. And uh, they just let the Kaidus come at them. And it was, uh, and a couple went in. And then you're like, damn, this is back-to-back games. And then, you know, I mean, you get a bunch of people who are all upset. And like, this is a trend. I'm like, two games is not a trend. I get that that you don't want to see it, especially against, you know, a, a uh, Colorado team that is not at full strength by any means. Uh, and Arizona, who is picked to finish near the bottom of the league. So you want to have a better showing of a, a full 60 minutes, which I hate. I hate that phrase. Teams don't play full 60 minutes. Nobody does. Every every team has go through lulls. It's just the way it is. Um, I hate that when a team when it, when another team comes back at you and they score a goal or two in a game, and and fans are like, "Say not playing a full sixty minutes, damn it! They never do it. You got to play a full 60. I'm like, nobody ever plays a full sixty. That's not really a good way to say it. That's not a good phrase. No, it's hard. To, you you play a full sixty every game, you're going to be a cup champion. I mean, every year. It, it is potentially the. Uh, most overused hockey coach cliche, right? At this point, I think it's a lazy way to to anal- analyze a a, a, a game, a, a, a breakdown. You know, not playing a full sixty. Well, it's very generic and stupid <laughs> to say. And players say it though, you know, and 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 players will say all kinds of stuff. They don't. Players don't get into X's and O's. Uh, and too much detail in post game press conferences. It's all like, you know, he's got to play a full sixty. You know, we got to get back at it. You got to, you know, you got to keep playing the way we're playing. You know, just fluff, nonsense stuff. It's not. It doesn't mean anything. But uh, yeah, the full sixty thing is uh, it always annoys me because it's like I don't. I mean, teams rarely play a full sixty. Even the best teams, it just doesn't happen. So you go through lulls. It's ebbs and flows of a game. It's it's just the way hockey is. The other team you're playing, they're a professional hockey team. And they're going to either get pissed or get momentum from something, and they're going to they're going to play well for a little while in the game. It's just the way it works. It's not not because necessarily because you're not playing a full sixty. It's just the other team's pretty good too. They have some good players. I mean, they're going to play good once in a while. Um, so uh, Barbashev's goal at twelve twenty five kind of spoiled any ideas of a comeback uh, that Arizona may have had. Uh, Blues win this one seven to four. Uh, Blues were one for two on the power play. They are 50% for the season, uh, third overall. Three for four on the PK, 85.7% for the season, 10th overall. And they outshot Arizona 33-26. I think the penalty kill uh, stats right now, granted, extremely early, two games, small sample size, whatever. Um, but a little misleading, too, because I think a couple of goals were given up uh, right as the penalty Immediately expired. after, right. Yeah, so right. it's, it's, yeah, it's not, didn't count. Technically not a power play goal, but you were shorthanded. Realistically, it is. Yeah, right? you were, your your guy was not back in the play yet. So, yeah. Um, and the outshot Arizona thirty three to twenty six. So uh, after the first two games, Bill, uh, your thoughts on a number of players here? We, can, I mean, some of these guys we, you know, you were one of key on to start the, before the season started. We wanted to see how Kyrie was going to play in his year after his semi-breakout season last year, right? Uh, if Costa made the team, how is he going to play if he plays? How's Falk going to play after his good last season? Um, you know, Perron, uh, with 
getting up there in age, I guess. And can he repeat what he did last year? Uh, the new guy, Bushnevich. Thomas has had a down season. How is he going to play this year? Neighbors is first. Yeah, all kinds of uh, – Bennington, you know, how is he going to play? It's always – the goaltender is always on the microscope anyway. Tarasenko with his shoulder and how healthy is he? How is he looking to look? And Pareko coming off last year being hurt. All kinds of people to focus on. So does anybody stand out to you, good or bad so far? I mean, obviously a couple are pretty good, but uh, – what do you, what right, do you think? right. I mean, Cairo now has completely, you know, the with his his play last season and the beginning of this year, he has eclipsed Robert Thomas as the most exciting young player on the team. Um, you know, Thomas has still got so much potential and you know probably a much better passer, but uh, right now I think Cairo's all around game is you know, he so far obviously six points plus five you know through two games been the best player on this team uh highlight real goal um that we talked about on dressing costas bear and and just an absolutely you know great start to the season we want to see him keep it up um you know costin getting in the lineup you know i i think he is going to be um you know a, a huge key to this team have in, in terms of the depth scoring and to get him in there and him get those two goals uh you know on on the same shift just amazing um, great to see um you know i think you know with Bushnevich, obviously bad judgment uh did, you know cr- um you know, retaliating with headbutts, um, you know, after, you know, he looked good. I hate to see him out for any time. Um, I think his, uh, him being out of the lineup means uh, that James Neal's going to get back in. Um, I think, you know, if, if Bushnevich is not suspended, then Neal's going to sit a couple more games. Um, I, I don't think that you would have taken Costin out after his performance last night. I don't think you'd take J.J. Neighbors out. Yeah, Jay, he neighbors is showing the little things, right? And, and I'm sure before yeah. too long, we're going to start hearing, you know, comparisons to Jaden Schwartz or somebody like that, right? He he does all the little things well. He got wrestled to the ice by Jacob Chikorin last night, and you know, it looked like a pretzel for yeah. What the fuck? When they got back to the bench, he did not back down. Chirping he chirped. Time. Yeah, that was great. And you'll love to see that, you know, you, you love to see, you know, resilience, not afraid of playing up at this level as an 18 year old, he's doing everything he can to make the statement that he wants to stay here. Um, and, you know, I definitely wouldn't take him out of the lineup once, you know, unless he has a really bad game, um, you know, the next two nights, um, I keep him going. Right, you know, at this point with with uh, Bushnevich suspended, I think he's got to play the next two games. Um, if he has one bad game in there, maybe he comes out uh, against the Monday game against LA. Um, but but yeah, there lots of lots of good stuff going on. Um, don't like uh, Bennington's save percentage. Um, those, no. those two goals in the uh, third period um, dropped him below 900 uh, last night. Um, I, I think it, it's more about team. I mean, the the, the goals that we get against Colorado, uh, you know, he's he's fighting, and the team is just collapsing around him. Um, yeah. And I, I think if they can get that straightened out, um, his numbers will go back up. Um, love to see him at a nine fifteen. Um, probably going to be close to a nine ten, nine eleven most of the season. 
Yeah, I think his career numbers right now are about 915, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and uh, I want to comment on Tarasenko. Um, you know, in the two games that he's played, you know, coming back and, and, and approve it a very – one of the more high-profile prove-it uh, seasons uh, that we've seen in forever uh, for him. Such a big deal. And uh, while he has been noticeable – um, out there and has had some chances. Um, he's missing something um, from where he needs to be. He's uh, either a step slow, his his little cutback spin move thing that he does um, uh, wasn't fooling anybody when he tried it last game against Arizona. Uh, and uh, I think he had a couple of good shots uh, last game, but uh, I mean, I assume they'll start going in for him a little bit, but um, he needs to do more. He needs to generate more. Um, and I've, I've said my one gripe on him has always been that it takes him too long to get his wrist shot off. He does the whole corral back and forehand and then lets it go every time. And while when he does that, he gets off a great shot. It's just you're allowing that the defense and the, and the goaltender to get in proper position. Yeah, that extra that extra half second or second uh, makes a big difference. So, I, I got to see more out of him. Uh, I would say he's been disappointing so far in two games. Um, mm-hmm. Liked Pareko so far. Um, neighbors, I agree with you. Like neighbors a lot. Um, he, like he, he and you say he's doing little things. Uh, he only has one assist so far, but he's been when I've I've noticed him. He's like, hey, nice play. Hey, nice play. Um, not making mistakes out there. So that's good <laughs> to stay in the lineup. Um, and, uh, Perron, you know, is deadly again this year. So, and Falk, I think, I, yeah. yeah, I was going to say with Perron, you know, I, I tweeted out during the avalanche game, is there a better right-handed shot at going blocker side in, in the NHL right now? I mean, he just, he picks just inside that post three quarters of the way up every time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it's a pretty unstoppable shot. He's gotten so good. I mean, it, I mean, most of the time, you know, guys aren't getting better with age, right? Cause he is, uh, how old is he? He is 33. So he's not exactly young. He's not exactly old either. You know, 33 is not too bad, but uh, I think people make a big deal about his age. Well, 33 is not too old. He's still got a couple of good years left, but uh, no love Perron's play so far. Um, Costin was great to see him get two goals uh, in just over 10 minutes of ice time. So, uh, and obviously Cairo goes out without saying how good he's been and Bennington, I think has been good. I, I, I mean, his numbers aren't reflecting. It's a small sample size. Um, but yeah, I, I would, I mean, team wise that save percentage needs to be above nine, well above nine, like nine, 10 plus, uh, That'd be nice. I haven't really had a problem with uh, Bennington's goals uh, that he's allowed. I mean, he, usually you, you look at goals and you say, oh, should have had that one. Oh, a bad play. I haven't really – nothing's sticking out to me that that, that, that that like a softy that he's had yet, even though he's got a sub-9 GA, a sub-9 save percentage on a 3-5 GAA. So uh, next up for the Blues is uh, tomorrow night, Wednesday night in Vegas. And uh, they're without uh, Patrick and what, who was the other one? Um, our good friend Mark Stone. Mark Stone, yes. <laughs> so they'll be they'll be shorthanded, which is great. We'll be without Bushnevich. 
Uh, so it'll be, uh, and I assume uh, Bennington gets to start. Looking at the schedule here, let me pull up the schedule here. I was going to look to see when Huso might get a start. Let's see the schedule for the Blues. Uh, uh, we got, um, okay, so Vegas on Wednesday, LA at home. Um, you think he plays the second game in the back to back against LA? Well, it's it's two nights apart. I, I mean, so I mean, I mean, not, not back to back, but right. I mean, yeah, right, yeah. That would be the uh, I think the first chance he gets. I think he has to. Yeah. Well, I don't think he has to. Well, because yeah, Colorado depends, and depends on how Bennington's doing. I guess, right? but you got Colorado coming up that following Thursday, which you know Bennington's going to be in that. Still have three days off in between, so two two days off. Two. Well, the game, the yeah, the game, the second game is always on Monday, so you got Tuesday, Wednesday yeah. off, and then Colorado. and then Chicago, uh, Saturday. So um, yeah, right now the the way the schedule spread out, um, I don't know that you go to who so um, too early. I mean, I would rather give Bennington the uh, the time um, to to get you know get used to how the defense is playing in front of him, make whatever adjustments he needs to make because he's he's our number one and roll with him. I would love to play him a lot. I really would. Um, he hasn't played a full NHL season yet. Yeah. So, and, uh, so I, I think I think as long as they're winning, you keep pushing them. I'm 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 behind that. I am, but I think um, yeah. I, I guess it really does depend on how it goes against Vegas and LA. It's probably a game by game decision. Um, so Colorado and Chicago to close out the month, and then to start off November, you got another game against LA. And then, okay, and then so you got L.A. on Wednesday the 3rd of November and then San Jose on Thursday the 4th. So Huso would definitely get one of those starts, probably against San Jose. Yeah, San Jose, the, the dregs of the West, but <laughs> right, right. curb-stomping the Canadians tonight. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if Bennington does run the table in the rest of October, then you would think that uh, Huso would start on Thursday the 4th against San Jose. That's That would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, rapid, yeah, rapid fire tidbits from around the NHL. Uh, Vander Kane, the San Jose Sharks, suspended for apparently passing a fake vac- vaccination card. What the hell's wrong with him? He right. is is he like the the biggest train wreck in the NHL? Uh, he's a yeah. mess. Yeah, somebody somebody posted that uh, that picture from uh, his days in Winnipeg um, when yep. uh, Dustin Bufflin flipped him the bird yep. as he yep. was you know reaching out and said, "This makes so much more sense." Now. Right, right. It's like, oh yeah, he's just an asshole all the time. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, seriously, it, it, you're a professional athlete. Like, why are you gonna gamble with that? It's a free fucking shot. Get the fucking shot, and especially a guy who's who's got money troubles. Like, why? why I know. Any earnings? Suspended twenty one games. He's gonna forfeit a million something, uh, a couple million, or whatever it is. That he doesn't have the forfeit because no. he's in bankruptcy. No, I know, and he needs this money <laughs> to earn this money. He's just a. I mean, he who? I mean, who would sign this guy? Who? Uh, look, look, I mean, I'm beside San Jose. <laughs> uh, let me look yeah. at so San Jose. Let's see here. Um, I want to see how much longer Kane has on his contract. Well, oh, there he is. Yeah, suspended. So there's a, there's a section for suspended players. Uh, yeah, seven million, and he's uh, under contract for. <laughs> uh, 
this season, next season, so through 24-25. So including this season, four more years. Just, just a, I mean, it's just a, I don't even know. He apologized and said he made a mistake. No, I mean, I don't think at this point, getting an, getting a, a fake vaccination card made and obviously choosing not to get the vaccine then, uh, that's not, that's not, I wouldn't classify that as falling under a quote mistake. That's just a general error in philosophy <laughs> for him. He's, it's not like he, you know, it's not like he, he turned, you know, he, he missed a turn on the interstate. Oh, I made a mistake. Missed a turn. No, this is, this is his, his, uh, th- this is well thought out. Yeah. Plenty of time to, to, to get a shot or whatever. And comply or, or follow the guidelines and he didn't do it he tried to cheat the system that's that, that that's a planning you know it's just that's not a mistake that's a massive error in in uh, thinking uh let's see jimmy holland says in the youtube chat i know it's only two games in but our defense still legitimately worries me offense is on fire and bennington looks great so far i'm pretty close to it um you know i i, I think you know, we talked about um, who the whipping boys were going to be, and you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, we we said it would more than likely would be uh, Scandella, and uh, I've already gone after him once tonight. <laughs> um, I've I've not liked uh, not liked what I've seen from him. Um, maybe uh, you know, I, I I think you know, I would like to see some not so rigid thinking from the coaching staff and replace uh, Scandella with Nicola. And see how that looks. Have both Walman and Nicolaidan. I thought Walman has been solid still. I too. Um, I too. I like Walman. I just, yeah. I, right now, when when I notice that uh, Scandal is out there and gets isolated on one side, it, it's uh, it's that's the scary part to me. Also, there's Prunovich waiting in the wings too. So once he gets. A little more seasoning, I think uh, they'd be more inclined to give him a look um, if yeah. they're still having some issues on defense. I, I personally, um, uh, coming into the season, uh, I, I was, you know, I'm on the side of uh, I think our defense is uh, not getting enough uh, credit for being. I, I think this defense can be good um, with a tweak. Um, as Scandella does worry me, uh, Bertuzzo. Scandella doesn't worry me as much. Uh, well, okay, Bertuzzo doesn't worry me as much as Scandella does. That's odd to say, because uh, you know uh, what you know what you're going to get with Bertuzzo. He's going to play. Right, ways and, play. and you know that he's going to get bottom bottom yeah. third minutes, right? It, but Scandella pairs with Pareko, and he's going to get shutdown yeah. minutes. And yeah, that's that's the part that worries me. Yeah, and I think uh, I think you know I agree with you. Uh, I like Mikula a lot. Um, I think he brings a lot more to the table than Scandella does. Uh, I think his upside is higher. Um, uh, quick, big, lanky, um, pronger-like wingspan kind of guy. Uh, not quite like Pareko, but close. Um, and then, like I said, Prunovich. So you could, it, I, and I think I said this during the 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 uh, preseason, the uh, season preview show, that ideally. You probably want to move on from Scandala, get rid of that contract, and as soon as Prunovich is ready to go, 
mm. because then yeah. you can then you got pieces you can you can mix and match you know uh, sit out Mikola Prunovich you know uh, works work him in and out of the lineup uh, then you got some fun tools to play with there uh, but that a lot depends on Prunovich developing and man how much does it suck that he got hurt last last year and couldn't play if he had played and not gotten hurt uh, how much farther he'd be along. And maybe he would have made the team out of camp. I don't know. So, because he would have, he would have more seasoning. Yeah. It would, it would hopefully be that much yeah. better. Yeah. That's, uh, that lost development really, really does sting. So, uh, but I think, I think we'll see him uh, fairly soon, maybe after 30, 40 games, maybe, depending on how things go with the defense, I guess. I don't know. And, and how he yeah. plays. Uh, in the NHL. So we'll see. Yeah, depending on injuries and, yep. and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kucherov is out indefinitely with a lower body injury. He suffered in a 2-1 to one win versus Washington on Saturday. Stop me if you heard this before. Uh, so I guess this means that the Lightning will uh, they'll use Kucherov's LTIR to trade for Eichel after his surgery. And then uh, playoffs start about May 1st. So expect Kucherov to miraculously rejoin the team. Uh, about that time and then there'll be uh i don't know probably i don't know 12 13 million over the cap something like that for playoffs right (laughs) that happens again or other teams start to exploit that 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 will get addressed in the next cba which isn't for a few years out but you know it's 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 absurd it it is and i think i think a lot of teams have done it uh a little bit you know a few million but uh, man, Tampa Bay was 17 million over during the playoffs. 17 million. That would buy you two world class players. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. So that's a big deal. Um, man, looking forward to tomorrow's game. Uh, and that's all I got. You got any more to add, Bill, about uh, stuff? No, the only um, one other thing I would add um, for our rapid fire NHL tidbits um, announced today that Mike Bossy um, is in a battle with lung cancer. Uh-oh. So um, stick taps to yeah. to Big Twenty Two, and that guy was the prime goal scorer of the early '80s, and man. Uh, hate to hear that. Such such a, a major part of that that Islanders organization. Um, yep. Uh, Fifty goal scorer, Mike Bossy. Yeah. Um, oh, my, I have him in my uh, my famous uh, uh, scrapbook. I actually have <laughs> a clipping of him after he scored his fiftieth goal. So nice. Isn't it funny how famous and infamous mean the same thing? Right. As and probably the best explanation of that of all time was from Three Amigos. Yeah, right. It's more than famous. He's in famous. Do you know what it means to have a plethora? (laughs) Such a good movie. Uh, Oh, I know. Uh, AS Doll in the YouTube chat says Mikola um, is better than Scandella. Uh, Prunovich is better than Krug and much cheaper. Um, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm, I'm not a Krug hater. I, uh, 
he had an he had a subpar year last year, but I think uh, he'll fit in better this year, especially with the way the team is supposed to be uh, revamping the defensive strategies, uh, which um, is supposed to play into the their lack of size to help their lack of size. So, um, which was a criticism, you know, because like Mayfield was one of the guys that was talked about as far as, Hey, trade Tarasenko for Mayfield and get some size back there and some, some toughness, a good, solid stay at home guy. Um, but, uh, I think that with their revamping the thinking for defense, uh, to help out the smaller guys, I think Krug, uh, who plays bigger than he is, he doesn't, he doesn't play a, he's not a, he's a physical, he can't be a physical guy. Um, as Robert Thomas found out in the playoffs, but uh, I'm not I'm not uh, down on Krug. So I mean yet, I mean he had a, if he nah. plays this year nah. like last year, then then I'd, I'd be more inclined. But I'm I he's got a pretty long leash with me. I, I he's he's a good player. He just gotta he's gotta come around here. Uh, support for Let's Go Booze Radio is brought to you in part by ID Life, the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your DNA. Visit rockinthatidlife.com for more information. That's rockinthatidlife.com and get 10% off by texting Dustin at 636-393-8745 and tell him Let's Go Blues Radio sent you. And by Center Ice Brewery, St. Louis's hockey-themed brewery. Visit centericebrewery.com today to schedule a no-contact curbside pickup or to make a reservation in their tap room. Located at 3126 Olive Street in Midtown St. Louis, it's one of the best places to watch a Blues game. That's centericebrewery.com. Please drink responsibly. Speaking of Center Ice, which uh, uh, they announced this last week that uh, they are getting expanded distribution. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Yeah, through the entire state of Missouri. Yeah. So uh, you folks uh, that could previously not drink Center Ice Brewery beer uh, may be able to soon. Yeah. <clears throat> no, now Steve just needs to work at getting it onto right. this side. Yeah, it doesn't seem right. If you can go possibly, I'm not sure how far out it's going, but to say Kansas City, uh, why you can't go 20 minutes east, right? Across the river. So great. That'll wrap up episode six of season 10 of the original. That is, this is episode six. Yeah. Episode six of season 10 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening. And thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder, who is probably halfway to Toronto right now in his car. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking he's uh, in southern Michigan. By southern now. Michigan. He's making good time. <laughs> uh, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues?
only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.